Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. On this episode of Kicked Back presented by Betway, we have the one and only Alice Talks Football. And Alice, I have to say, all of us here are big fans of you, your content, how you cover Manchester United, and everything you've done to grow your brand. Collectively, you have over 80,000 followers. And I just am so impressed with everything you're doing. So thank you for your time today here on our show. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate all the nice, kind comments. And yeah. Very happy at the moment to be a United fan because things are going well and obviously enjoying making the content more than ever because I can be positive. (laughs) Okay, talk to me because this is perfect timing. We're just getting out of a big Europa League draw for United. And this was at Camp Nou where, you know, a lot of teams, obviously there's that intimidation factor going into a Barcelona stadium. Barcelona, one of the most iconic clubs of all time, but so is United. And Mm. prior to the World Cup, it was crazy because these were kind of two teams that were trying to figure it out. And here we are post-World Cup with both teams in their domestic leagues doing really well, but United, what they did in that game, you have to be so happy. Honestly, I'm so happy because although Barcelona have been a bit like United in recent years, a bit hit and miss, they've obviously got knocked Mm. out of the Champions League. I think a lot of people don't realise how good they've actually been this season in La Liga. They're top of La Liga. Um, I think they haven't conceded a single open play goal at home in La Liga. Obviously, they've conceded a bit more in Europe and, you know, they've been in top form. They've been looking easily the best team in the league going into this better than Real Madrid, who obviously won the Champions League last year. And I'm thinking, you know, although Tenor's got playing well, you know, Barcelona at top of their league, they're playing absolutely fantastic. This is the new camp. Man United have never won a game at the new camp. They barely concede any goals. So I said before the game, I think if we can get a draw and then take it back to Old Trafford, we can potentially beat them at Old Trafford. It's going to be tight because we didn't have Lissandra Martinez. We don't have Ericsson. We don't have Anthony. We don't have Anthony Martial. Like going into the game, I was like, if we can make a draw here, I'd be so happy. And then when we actually played the game and I saw the amount of chances we created and I thought, this is the new camp. They, they don't concede goals. Their defence has been solid. And, you know, another day we could have scored three or four. We could have won that game. It's so crazy because in the first half, the first, I don't know, maybe I'd say 30 minutes, Barcelona was knocking the ball. There were a few times Fred gave away the ball for United and I was like, ooh, like these kinds of errors might you know, United might find themselves in a, in a difficult position. But after that, you guys found your footing. And I would even say after the first half, Barcelona had mo- most of the possession, but United had the better chances. And then going into that second half, getting the lead uh, and, and doing that again in a, in a Barcelona stadium that is so iconic and I'm sure intimidating. What Eric Ten Hag's done with this team, what these players are doing, Casemiro, Rashford, two of my favorite players to be watching right now. 
I personally feel like that was a united win when now Barcelona has to go back to, you want to talk about iconic stadiums, Old Trafford yeah, with a tough, now you guys get your, your players back. Oof, Barcelona's climbing an uphill battle right now. 100%. I mean, I just, as you said, Barcelona had it for sort of the first kind of 30 minutes or so. Yep. And then I think we really go into the game. We got hold of the game. I think it's so difficult, the new camp, the atmosphere. It's such a tough stadium to go to. And United grew into the game and we actually at full time created double the amount of XG as Barcelona, which really showed that actually like we were the better team at the new camp, you know, and, and a game, as said, Tenag was missing so many players, it, it was such an informed Barcelona side to come out with the higher XG, with the higher chances created. I think the big thing for me was we went one nil down and I thought, oh my God, we've gone one nil down. They don't deserve the lead. I said like, we've been really good um, and they got a goal because we didn't mark our man at the back post. And then within nine minutes, we're two one up. I think the mentality for United to respond because I think the big problem last season was this mentality thing at United of we used to give up, go 1-0 down to Brighton, then we'd go 4-0 down, 1-0 down to Brentford, then we'd go 4-0 down. Like the mentality and belief Tenag had in us to go 1-0 down, respond like that. I mean, Marcus Rashford was just incredible. He had nine minutes, but he was just on fire. He should have arguably maybe got Kunde sent off as well. It was through on goal, could have got third. It's like unbelievable response from United at New Camp to go from 1-0 behind to go 2-1 up. But unfortunately, we just sort of lapsed concentration, gave the ball away and it ended 2-2. Talk to me about the referee because Barcelona fans right now, you know, you saw Xavi and Ten Hag at the end of the game complaining to the referees, but Barcelona fans are claiming that they've been robbed. But I agree with you. Kunde should have gotten a red card. Maybe not a penalty because if you really want to, yeah. you know, go in with video review and everything, it might have happened outside of the box. but. Last man back, a challenge like that on Rashford, where you know this guy's feeling himself. He is, I don't know what it is, 14 goals in the last 16 games, 13 goals since the World Cup's ended. You would assume he could have had a very good goal-scoring chance. And at that point, if not, Koundé with the red card, Barcelona is playing with 10 men, and United could finish that game off. So I understand the handball conversation, but... I don't want to make Barcelona fans mad right now, but at times I was wondering if that referee was wearing a Barcelona jersey under his kit because some of the calls that were being made in the game, I was like, this is crazy. Yeah, it was so frustrating to watch because it, was, it wasn't it was just that like arguable red card decision. It was like the little fouls, but I'm like, but he won the ball. And Barcelona must have had four or five free kicks right outside the edge of our box. And I'm thinking that we actually won the ball on like a good two of them. And I just think there were so many times where there was just these little fouls. I'm thinking, was that a foul? Um, you know, I just, for me, the referee, it was probably Barcelona's best man. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Uh, I saw an awesome clip of you, by the way. I think it was back in 2019. You were being interviewed. I, I wonder if it was just by a, someone in the media outside of, I want to assume, Old Trafford. And they yeah. asked you, what manager would you like to come and, and coach United? And you said... Eric uh, Ten Hag, the coach yeah. of Ajax. So now it's like you're the psychic because uh, he's at the club. And of course, there was a little bit of adversity when he first came into the club. I think it was a bit of a toxic situation. There was a lot of stuff going on with the Glazers and the Ronaldo situation. Uh, but now he's turned this team around from the bottom of the table to the top of the table. So talk to me about your prediction, why you wanted Ten Hag to come in and how you feel about everything he's done. So I've always been an admirer of Ten Hag, obviously back since like 2018, 2019, as mentioned. Um, I've always liked what he's done at Ajax. I remember watching Ajax in the Champions League, had a really good run. 
and they got knocked out by Spurs in the semi-final. And I'd always kind of admired Ten Hag. And like since that kind of good Champions League run, I've always kind of had a, a liking to Ajax. Like, and what I always like mm-hmm. is like a manager that plays attacking football, utilises young players and all of that, and which is what Ten Hag got. And then obviously when reading up about Ten Hag a lot, like last year when things were going kind of wrong for United, and like I would hear players talk about his mentality, how strict he is, how like he's got a winner's mentality, like winning at all costs kind of thing. Um, when I looked at United last season, you know, we had a few issues, but I think the main issue United last season, one of the reasons we were so bad was there was a big mentality issue and a big dressing room issue. And obviously, I think Ten Hag, I think, you know, I didn't expect him to be doing this good of a job. I didn't think we'd finish in top four. We might not finish in top four because we've had a lot of injuries and other people have invested a lot more in January but we look pretty comfortable for top four. And I thought before the season, I thought it'd probably be sick. This will be a settling season. We judge him next season. And I think he's really hit the ground running. And the biggest thing for me, again, is like that we've got some bad eggs out the dressing room. He brought people in like Casemiro, who's a leader. Lissandra Martin is that he knows that Ajax is just a warrior. Molasse has got a great attitude. Anthony's passionate. Ericsson's kind of got that experience. It's very much, I think the biggest change for me is the mentality of this. The mm-hmm. last season, it was 11 individuals on a pitch that looked like they didn't want to be there. They weren't running. They weren't fighting together. It wasn't a team. It was just 11 individuals. There was no team chemistry. And recently we looked like a team again, which is just so nice to watch. You mentioned Casemiro, and I remember when all of that drama, not drama, but the the news came out that he was going to leave Real Madrid to go to United. And at this point in time, I think it's when United lost 4-0 to Brentford. So they were at the bottom of the table for the first time in 30 years. And Casemiro went to United, made the decision to leave Real Madrid, like you mentioned earlier, just won the Champions League, have the potential potential to go back-to-back, playing in the best midfield trio in the world, and he's going to United. So in my mind, I'm like, this guy wants a paycheck. Maybe he's going into the later year of his career, and he just wants to make sure that money's coming in, right? What he has done, and I know this is a team effort, and I know Ten Hag deserves a, an immense amount of credit, but yeah. what Casemiro has done in terms of you talk about mentality and how contagious his mentality must be on the pitch with the other with the other players and what he's brought to this team i think has been so invaluable i mean we saw in the barcelona game how he stared down gavi i'm like that that mm-hmm. those little things that he does it's so impactful and what are your thoughts right now do you think he's the best defensive center mid uh, right now in the world in the premier league what are your thoughts on what casemiro has brought to this united team I mean, I feel like you have to say he's the best DM in the world for the pure fact of, I know Thomas Partey's very good, Rodri's very good, but I'm thinking Real Madrid are struggling without him. Like I see a lot of Real Madrid fans going, you know what, like is good, they've got some good midfielders, but they miss Casemiro. You know, he's won five Champions Leagues. Historically, he's the best in the world. But I think the fact that we'd lost 4-0 to Brighton and he could have had it very safe at Real Madrid. And when we lost 4-0 to Brighton, the mentality he showed to actually reportedly, he's ran up John Murta, who kind of sorts the deals up and said, yes, I'm not put off by this. I still want to come to Manchester United. Like I want to make United great again. Like, you know, he's a brilliant player when he sees United lose 4-0. He's seen how bad we've been recently. You know, that a lot of players have come to United flops. The Premier League's, I think, a lot more difficult than the Liga. And he comes to United into a struggling United side. It's not like we're on top of the world. It's easy. It's not like he's gone to like PSG or something. And it is absolutely transformed the team. I mean, the Arsenal game, which we lost to Arsenal, we massively missed him. You know, the Leeds game when yes. we dropped points, we massively missed him. You know, it's when he's not there, you notice his presence gone. And I, I don't know if that's partly because we don't have another DM on top of Casemiro. It would be playing the Tom out of position. 
But it's like, for me, I've always said kind of games are won and lost in midfield. Eric Tanaga's done wonders. Mentality is a big thing. But I think Casemiro is probably the best signing we've made. It's, it, I, I think he has to be the best DM in the world because he's took the United side from looking like 4-0 to Brentford to actually with five points off top, given take they have a game in hand. But like, I think that's mad. I completely agree with you. Absolutely. Uh, question for you, Bruno Fernandes. Mm. One of the most <laughs> disliked players, if you're not a United fan uh, or Portuguese fan, but a player who, when he's on his game, is very, very good. We saw that at the World Cup for Portugal in the group stages of the World mm. Cup for them. He was arguably their best player. Uh, talk to me. What are, what are your thoughts about Bruno Fernandes? Do you love him? Uh, and you know, he is an emotional, theatrical guy. Is that something you like about his game or is that something that maybe annoys you? I quite like the emotion. I, I understand what annoys rivals, but um, yeah. I think it kind of gives me that kind of Roy Keane kind of mentality of he will do everything for his team. And I think you need that fighters. And I always love Bruno because I think when he's almost gone from baby overrated to underrated recently, he first joined United. He was absolutely, the stats were incredible. Um, absolutely insane stats. We were like awful. Then he joined and then we got top four despite being 14 points off top four with 13 games to go when he joined. Completely changed the United side and he was incredible. And then he dropped off a bit last season, but I think everyone dropped off because United was just a mess. You know, look at Rashford last season, look at Luke Shaw last season and now they're fantastic this season. And I think under Eric Tenag, he's really changed his game. And I think he's kind of a bit underrated because we've actually not lost a game that... Uh, Casemiro and Bruno Fernandes have started together. Um, you know, he hasn't got that number nine really in either to provide service for, and he's still getting decent numbers, but I think his all round improvement in the game is mad. Like the amount of times he'll be creating all these chances. I'm thinking he could have got two assists today. The involvement he has in, in the game, he's been really key. He's sometimes had to ship off to the right hand side as well, just to kind of help out there. But I think, you know, he's, he has the odd iffy games, but what I like about Bruno is, He's really turned into a team player lately. His work rate is unbelievable. Like even versus Barcelona, yeah, he didn't do anything crazy like a goal or assist, but actually just kind of tracking back and making those interceptions makes a few key passes. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Absolutely. Listen, have you ever thought about going on Sky Sports? 
or, or some type of news broadcast for football. I don't know what I, I figured it would be sky sports in the UK, yeah. but you are so knowledgeable, Alice. And I swear that's your, that's your future. And that's your potential. If that's ever something you want to do, you need to send your resume in or something, girlfriend, you have to. Honestly, thanks so much. I honestly, I'd love to go on there one day. I, I must try and ask them actually if I can. You have to, or, or just like put it on your vision board or something because your brain is there and your knowledge is there and your passion's there. And I love hearing it again from another woman who loves football. We need more women in that space. And I just talking to you right now makes me so happy because I wish that you lived here where I lived or I, or I could go and grab a coffee with you because we just have the best conversation. So this has been, this has been great. I appreciate your time. And I really feel like your future is, is so big, but I'm not done with you just yet. I just really had to throw that in there. Thanks so much. Uh, of course, Alice, for us Canadians, for Americans, for anyone listening to this show right now who have never been to Old Trafford, which is again, one of the most iconic stadiums in football. What is special about it? What's been a, a game like atmosphere for you when you go? Are you just in awe of what Old Trafford is and obviously the legacy that that stadium holds? Yeah, I mean, I love Old Trafford. It's such like a historic vibe. Um, when I go there, it, it always feels kind of surreal. I always go there like every year around Christmas time normally because I like to go up to Manchester around Christmas time, see the lights and stuff. And I... I have to say it's it's my favourite stadium. I've been in a couple of Premier League stadiums and maybe I'm biased because I'm a United fan, but it's just the all-round <laughs> feeling. Like when I, when I last went, which was a last, I haven't been this season, unfortunately. I've been really busy. But when I last went last season, even though it was an absolute awful mess at Manchester United last season, we were horrific. Um, it was still the fact that the fans were so loud, so vocal, the chanting. I, I got to sit really close to the front, like really near where Ralph Radnick was and see the players up front. And it, it's, it's such an unbelievable atmosphere because even when we're rubbish, we you can still just hear us chant and sing. Yeah. I, uh, I've never been to a Premier League game and I don't really even, I definitely know I haven't been to any professional football game here in Canada. We have major league soccer, the MLS. So we have our, our teams with, within each city, but it would be such an incredible experience. Like I think Anfield, I think Old Trafford, I think mm. of these stadiums about like being able to go there and see, like you said, these players live that we grew up watching. You know, we talk about Ronaldo's and Messi's to be able to see them play live has to be one of the coolest things you can do. Mm, honestly, like watching Ronaldo live, like even though he didn't oh. score anything, it's, it's like, you know, I've seen him live a couple of times now and it's like, you know, what? like in a few years time, you're going to look back at that and you'll be like, this is one of the best football players ever. And he was standing, you know, maybe like four meters away from me at one point, like, like, because I was so close to the pitch as well. And I think like. Was he like, you know, obviously a very athletic player. What, what, did, did he look like that in person? You know, when you watch him attack at speed, is it something that when you see live in person, you're just like, there's a reason why this guy is considered to be one of the greatest of all time? A hundred percent. Like, because I got to the stadium early, even when they're training and they're like kicking the ball in the net and running around and stuff. And actually, you don't realize how physical and fast they are until you're in this, like in the stadium. Like I, because um. I was quite, I was like two rows from the front. And I remember Diego Deleu was playing right back. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I was like, he's so much bigger and quicker and physical than it's kind of portrayed on TV. Same with Ronaldo. And you actually see how powerful they're hitting the football and passing the football like in person. That's so crazy. Were you, are you a, are you a Cristiano Ronaldo fan? Yeah, I am. Were you sad about how everything went down? 
Yeah, like I think it was for the best that he maybe left because with Tenagi wants everyone to want to be here, positive attitude. But I'm just thinking, I know you wanted to leave and I know that maybe United didn't want to let you leave, but did you have to go and do that interview? Like maybe if you'd have left Tenag out of it and you'd just done the interview talking about the Glazers and your ambition, that would have been all right. But I think he was disappointed that he did the interview and I think he came across a little bit bitter when talking about Tenag and some mm-hmm. of the experts. It's like, yeah, they've criticised you. That's their job as a pundit to criticise you, but you don't need to kind of snap back at them. And I did think we just, you know, got a good win at Fulham, got Nacho scores, a last minute goal, and then it did kind of get overshadowed by that bit. Do you think that's the general consensus with United fans? At least when all of that was going down and you were talking to your United fans, uh, friends, or you went to a game, was that what everyone was kind of saying? Yeah, we were kind of saying there was a few United fans that are like Ronaldo over club and just Ronaldo FC that love Ronaldo so much. And that's up to them. And then there's a few United fans that were very much like, get him out. And I'm like, realistically, he wants to leave. Realistically, he's done so much for his club. I could never turn him. I could never dislike him because of it. I was disappointed that he'd gone in on the manager. But the one thing I really liked was actually, I think the general consensus of the fan base was, we like Ronaldo. This is not, you know, we know how good he is. We're not going to let two, three bad bumps overshadow what he's done at United. Yeah. But I think that in a situation like this, you'd normally expect all the players to turn on Tenag and be Team Ronaldo, and all the fans to turn on Tenag and be Team Ronaldo because he's such an influential figure. And I think it really showed how respected that Tenag is by the players and the fan base. You know, when the first when the, the first time the situation went down, because for me growing up, uh, there was two players for me that kind of or three that really inspired my football career and and why I love it so much. And that was Kaká, David Beckham and Ronaldo. And I I'm, I'm so loyal that when all that went down, I was like, I don't like the optics of the situation from everyone's point of view. I don't think that there was any mutual respect from all of the parties involved. Um, and I'm not always saying that Ronaldo in everything he's done he's right. Like, I'm not saying that. I think that the situation where he kind of threw the fans phone down and and whatnot and, and certain things he says, I'm not always standing by that, but I do feel like at times he may have been disrespected and then he acted out of emotion yeah. in response. Uh, so I will always, always be loyal to Ronaldo because he's my personal greatest of all time. But if I take that bias and emotion out of what Ten Hag has done with this United team, what he's done for with Rashford, uh, I sat back yesterday after that game against Barcelona and I was like, this guy's an actual genius. And we knew that, like you said, with, with the Eredivisie titles he's won. But how he's turned this United team around in such a short period of time in the same season... This guy deserves so much credit. And again, I'm now taking the Ronaldo stuff out of it. There's no way that anyone can look at Ten Hag and be like, he's not, he doesn't, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He has a vision. He has an identity for this club. He's holding everyone accountable to that identity. And there's a clear idea of what the future looks like. And you can't say that about every club and every manager. Look what's going on with Chelsea, right? So yeah, uh, I just, yeah, I, I feel like United fans, you know, whether they stood on the Ronaldo train or the Ten Hag train right now, if you take that out, like you just got to give credit to what United has done and what Ten Hag's done with this club. Yeah, 100% agree. I think Ronaldo had reasons to be upset. I do think that the club should let him go in the summer. The, we know the board and the people higher up at the club have lied to players, Glazers. We know this. Mm-hmm. We don't always treat players the best, but I think when you just look at it and you take Ronaldo out of it, and you, as you said, you just look at what Ten Hag's done, changing the mentality. We've also had lots of signings that have been awful, but all of Ten Hag's signings, you can see he signed them for a reason. Whereas I think in the past, why did Oli sign Donny Van Der Beek? Donny Van Der Beek, you know, why did we sign this player? Why have we spent... 
80 million on Maguire. You know, whereas yeah. the Tenag, it was very clear of these are the signings I want. You know, we we waited for Anthony and we did overpay for Anthony, but he was very clear that he's got a role for each player that he wants. He's got a clear direction, clear vision. I think with Tenag, I can actually see where he wants to go. I think with Ollie, I was like, I kind of get how Ollie wants to play, but you couldn't see Ollie's long-term vision. We just know that Tenog wants to kind of play how he did at Ajax at United and he's building the team to do that. And I think, you know, we've had so many injuries this season. Last year has been non-existent. Our other striker, Ronaldo's gone. We've brought in a Burnley player in Val Veghorst on loan, you know, mm-hmm. and Val Veghorst was playing centre mid versus Barcelona. Rashford, who was a left winger, who sometimes plays striker, is now playing striker and he's gone from five goals last season to over 20 this season. I think just the all-round change and what he's getting out of the players, I think it's, it's massive. Completely agree. Okay, before I let you go, Alice, tell us, tell everyone here how you became a United fan. Is this something that's generational? Are your parents United fans? Or is this something that, you know, a love that you found on your own? It's more of a love that I found on my own, I think, because, I mean, my favorite color was red, so I think that was definitely getting <laughs> it. But, like, my family aren't that into football, like my immediate family. Um, so I didn't really have, like, a team. I was pushed to support. And I was very, very young when I fell in love with United. I got pictures of me when I was, like, four or five with United kits on. And I think, you know, I was born in 2000. And just the two players I remember love watching is Ronaldo and Rooney because they were young. Rooney, especially, I think at the time, Ronaldo was a bit later. I think Rooney was the first footballer I idolised. I would have been three when he moved to United. He was obviously playing for England. I remember watching England and I was like, this is the kid, Wayne Rooney. It was more that Wayne Rooney was my favourite footballer. Like, I remember him being the first footballer. Like, I remember watching like, yes, I like him. And I think I generally support United because I fell in love with like the Rooney Ronaldo's, the young players growing up. That's amazing. And so what, what made you just want to start this, this channel? Like, did you just wake up one day and say, I have all this knowledge and all of these emotions and I want to get them out to other United supporters and now build this incredible like social media platform that you've built? Yeah, I guess so. It was kind of like when I was a kid, I would always make like silly YouTube videos from time to time. I had like basic skills and just kind of editing how it worked. I like to make videos. And then I think obviously when I left school, I remember I did like a gap year and I had a bit of time. And I remember I was always watching like the United Stand and other United channels. So I was like, okay, I'm going to make some football videos. At first, it was going to be general football. And then I just loved talking about United so much that it kind of pushed into United. And then lockdown happened, COVID had so much time because I couldn't work and go anywhere that I was like, you know what, let's actually, although let's focus on this. So then I kind of did the TikTok and then I was like, let's just keep working on this and see where it goes. And luckily it's gone quite well. And your TikToks popped off. You're almost at 200,000 followers. That's amazing. Did you ever think when you started your account that you would have this many followers and this many football fans who, who want to hear what you have to say? Cause it's such a compliment to your voice and what you're doing generally not a clue i literally like when i made tiktok i was like let me just make some videos and see if it helps the youtube like not going in there thinking that i now have more followers on tiktok than youtube and i remember when i hit ten thousand followers on tiktok i was like so amazed by it i was like wow like 10k like what the hell like it just kind of happened and i was like well i'll just keep at this and see where it goes but i didn't think that i'd be on like 200k followers ever do you ever get mean comments I mean, yeah, I, I probably do. I don't, I really, but I don't really read a lot of my comments. Good for like, you. Smart. It's like, I don't know, like, cause I post so often every day, like, and when I remember when I first posted, I used to read and reply and now I just kind of post and I'm like, Oh, let me, I wonder what the comments are to this. I might look two days later, but I think YouTube is always positive. 
TikTok, it's normally positive, but it will be people with different opinion. And like, if it is hateful, like it would never really bother me because 90% of the comments would be positive. So if one person comments something silly, like woman, I'd be like, well, that's <laughs> yeah. not, that's not, it's not really going to offend me, is it? It just makes me laugh. <laughs> I love that. Now, what is your goal? Like, let's say in the next five years, you've built again with all your social media platforms, 80,000 supporters, fans of yours, subscribers, followers. What's your big goal for, for Alice Talks Football? Ooh, I think again, um, continue expanding the YouTube and TikTok. I think especially TikTok at the moment, because I've, I've focused a lot more on YouTube than TikTok as of lately. Um, so definitely this summer, I want to get back on like to TikTok, make more consistent videos. And I think long term would be to, to branch out and then hopefully one day get invited to go on Sky and BBC and the, and the big broadcasting companies in the UK. They absolutely, absolutely should consider you and, and talk to you because it's been so awesome from my end to just hear you talk about everything going on over there. And, and I appreciate your time. And I want to say that your player ratings videos that you do on TikTok, I love listening to every single one of them and hearing you know what you have to say about each player. I think the way you have made your channel is, is incredible. And United fans have a nice home to to kind of after a game before a game if there's an update with management you're kind of on top of everything so you've provided that for them on these social media platforms which is great but for everyone listening to our show maybe alice can you tell them where to find you on these social media platforms and what to search for so they can follow you along on your journey yeah i mean youtube search alice talks football tiktok search alex talks football and then Twitter, I think it's Alice Talks um, Footy. If you just search them all up, I should come up. If not, search Alice Abrahams and I'm sure I'd come up anyway. Amazing. And last, last thing, I promise. What's your prediction for the second leg? I'm going to say 2-1 United. Okay. And who's going to score those goals? You have to say Rashford. I just think with the form he's in, I could, could see maybe a Bruno penalty. I could see us maybe finally okay. getting a penalty. Rashford goal. <laughs> and then I think Barcelona... I think Lewandowski might score because he's Lewandowski. Yeah, I love Lewandowski. So I'm Polish and I, I love Lewandowski. I support that guy till the end of time. But I told my dad yesterday, he said, if I'm being slightly tough on Lewandowski, he should have finished at least one of his chances yesterday for Barcelona just because he needs to have that. You know, obviously he's the top goal scorer in La Liga and for Barcelona, but I want him to have that big moment kind of in this, in this Europa League game uh, to, yeah. you know, give Barcelona that edge. Not that I want Barcelona to have the edge, but I want it for Lewandowski. So we'll see if, if he can get that out at Old Trafford because it'd be amazing for him as, you know, one of the best number nines in the world to have that moment. Uh, so we'll see. But I, I wish you guys the best of luck. I'm excited to see what Ten Hag pulls out of his pocket and also Xavi because uh, yeah. I'm, some of his tactical decisions in that game were questionable. Like, I don't know why he took off Rafina and all this stuff. So mm -hmm. we'll see what these managers come to, to play with uh, in the second leg. And Alice, it's been so great talking to you. And I hope we can have you back on the show. Maybe uh, if Manchester United do something very, very special in the Europa League, it'd be great to have your opinion on it. Thank you very much for having me and all the compliments. I'm not very good at taking compliments, so I do really appreciate it. And honestly, happy to come on. And if Man United do well in the Europa League, I'd love to just kind of come talk about them again and Amazing. big up Man United. Amazing. We love to hear it. Thank you so much. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.